0: Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to The One in Five. Healthcare in rural America. The struggles, the joys, the opportunity for innovation. Did you know 20% of the population lives in 97% of America's landmass? Abel, this is rural, and we are what do we got in store today, man?
1: We've got all kinds of super exciting stuff. Actually, we've got one main exciting thing, and I want to say uh, before we dive into that, just a little update. It, it, it this is just a little side note because I want I want our listeners, if they're listening, to uh, be ready for this. This week, within the next couple days, uh, we're gonna have a public health nurse on here talking to us. Um, her name's Esther Wynn about w- what's going on with the coronavirus. Um, we know the CDC has said now, you know, pretty much they're certain it's coming to the US. Um, and, and what we want to do is be able to talk about that in the context of uh, rural health care as well. What's going on. So we're going to have that for you um, as a special episode. So keep your eyes open. But today, um, hey, we have we we had Stephanie in here again, backed by popular demand. The Chose. The Chose and the Chosen one. And she um, <laughs> answered some of our synthetic questions. And when I say synthetic questions, what Adam and I and uh, Rebecca uh, did was we sat down. You're going to get to know Rebecca a little bit later. But we sat down and we went through the regular kind of questions and we asked them in the way that we've experienced and kind of put some fun in some of them just to bring a laugh or a giggle. You can find those in there. But they are, are synthetic. Are they real questions, though? They're synthetic.
0: They're yeah. synthetic. Okay. So
1: what that means is they're real questions, but they're from synthetic sources. Gotcha. Which so gives us great flexibility. Adam.
0: Like Tony from Two Moon Park.
1: Yeah, you've nailed it. Okay. Which, by the way, uh, if if you don't know, that's the way Adam and I like to do things. Now you're gonna hear real questions in there from some real people, but we we hide the names. But in we just want to keep you guessing. So we have that today. And she did so awesome. She did. But today's theme is opioids, and we wanted to kind of uh, sit down with her and talk with a, a professional. So this is our interview. Stephanie Chosa. Take it away. Our pharmacist.
0: All right. We're here for another Ask the Pharmacist with Stephanie Chosa. What's up, Steph? What's up? Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. And I'm also here
1: with the Abel Baker. We we have like some Excellent questions for you. This has been—we've actually had a lot of excitement, Stephanie, over well, a lot of downloads over um, our last time together. So, so um, we wanted to to take the time because
0: you're so good, Stephanie, at um, uh, just being real, forthcoming, and open uh, with positive and um real answers to to some of these different type yeah. of questions and issues sorry well and i
1: want to be honest too um i don't you know i think we're going to have very serious moments on our podcast from from different times where there isn't there's a somber tone um but for the most part we want to address an issue with a little bit of Fun. We've crafted things that we've heard, and th- we sat down for like two hours and shaped these questions to address real issues, but also, you know, to kind of give people a chuckle because you could give us stats and statistics, but our lives are filled with those. So that's right. Adam and I had two questions yeah. that are personal <laughs> because. I mean, we have a pharmacist in here and we don't have that every day. And Adam, (laughs) why don't you go ahead and go with the first question that you had? uh, I know it took you a long time to come up with this one. Yeah, like three seconds. Because
0: (laughs) I, (laughs) I, so we, we know there's sort of a fun dynamic in pharmacy here. Right. Um. And so, I mean, do you guys ever have, like, pill counting contests? And if you do, is there an award? Has there been an award given out for the fastest pill counter?
2: You know, we um, haven't ever done that before. Oh. I I know, I know. I feel like...
0: Out of all the things you've done, you dress up every Halloween as a team. (laughs) You haven't had a pill counting contest?
2: (laughs) No. Well, and it would be even more difficult now, right? We have something called an icon. And the icon Sounds it helps us count
0: dangerous oh yeah. so yeah. it takes all the work out of it kind of yeah uh, although
2: you can still be faster than others on that i'm not the fastest
0: efficiency isn't yeah i know yeah, yeah. i totally get it so wow. i guess then my follow-up question to that would be could there possibly be a fun pill counting contest in the future
2: i feel like that's something we could try could you
0: organize that and
2: <laughs> i feel like so yeah
0: okay
1: great. Okay.
2: It would be based on accuracy as well, though.
1: Accuracy and speed. Yes. Okay. Um, anyways, my question, I think, is very good question uh, and something I've thought about. What class should a pharmacist not get a C in? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> like, this keeps me up at night sometimes.
2: Um, well, that's kind of tough because we would hope We want to avoid that. But I would have to say, you know, if there's a Pharmacy 101 or Intro to Pharmacy, that would be a class you don't want to get a C in.
1: What did you get in that class?
2: (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I didn't have to take it.
1: Oh, what
0: does that mean? That means she (laughs) is advanced.
2: (laughs) No, 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 no. So... Intro to pharmacy would be if you are looking for a career when you go to college and you're looking for introduction to certain careers. So they have introduction to business, intro to pharmacy. But if you became a pharmacist, I would really hope that'd be a class you don't get a C in.
1: Yeah, that's true. And and my my question uh, was a little mean, but... In other words, he wanted to know what class did you get a C no, in? No, no, we don't need to do that. <laughs> That sounds like a nightmare question, but, uh, you know, well, I can I tell really... you I
2: didn't get a C in any
1: class. Ooh, that's great. <laughs> okay. So that leaves and the only reason a, I asked that. F and D. <laughs> so we've narrowed it down. Maybe next time we'll. You should know by now. The chose only got mm-hmm. A's.
2: Oh, I wouldn't go that what far. Is. <laughs> eight, 8 to 10? A's and B's. The
1: D's. D's? Yeah. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> so that was, that was my question. Now we're going to get into the synthetic questions that are real, but they've been, you know, grown in the laboratory of our minds. Okay, so uh, can I start, Adam? Sure, go for it. Adam. So Samantha in Sydney asks, what is an opioid? And why should we ask a pharmacist about the opioids? Can't we just ask Siri to ask WebMD or something? Hmm. Question mark. Question mark. Okay. Wow.
2: Okay. So this question has quite a few questions. Um, What is an opioid? An opioid is a medication that can be prescribed to relieve pain, whether it's from a trauma surgery, something of that sort. Um, And so there's prescription-grade opioids. There are illegal street opioids, such as heroin. Um, Some of the prescription ones would be like, say, oxycodone, morphine, and that such.
1: Hillbilly heroin.
2: Yes. And there's also fentanyl. So, yes, we have quite a few to pick from. Um,
0: he was saying that because we were reading before and we were looking for street names mm-hmm. oh. for these, and that was one of the street names as well as
1: fluff. Yes, fluff. Um, oh,
0: fluff. What were and, some of the other ones? Oh, Oxys. if you're
1: if you're in a car with fentanyl, it's car fentanyl. Oh, really? I didn't see. <laughs> that I just one. guessed, but we are with the pharmacist. Okay. So.
2: <laughs> Pharmacists don't always know all the
1: street names though okay. sure. <laughs> we know the ingredients
2: we're good at that <laughs> <laughs> so
1: anyways we we interrupted you but no you're what, good what else
2: uh, so why should we ask a pharmacist so you should ask your pharmacist because we're trained to know of these medications you know the chemistry of them the pharmacokinetics say um, and the medicinal properties and we can also give you the warnings regarding adverse effects how to take it properly, um, you know, what to do if you don't want to take it anymore, that type of thing. We can answer all those questions, um, and we have the training to do so. We would always discourage folks from just, say, Googling something or asking Siri or just going to WebMD and to always, you know, call your pharmacy, ask your pharmacist, or call your doctor, whoever you're most comfortable with.
1: That's awesome. That's 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 a great answer, I think. I'm sure Samantha is thankful.
0: Well, Randy from Roundup asks, my grandmother takes the opioid patches in hospice and she's not out causing problems. I think this opioid thing is just hype. So I don't really see a question there, but <laughs> uh, treat it as a question, please. Okay. Sort of a... Is the opioid thing a hype? <laughs> yeah, like a statement, just, but a okay.
2: Yeah. So, grandmother's on the opioid patches, which we could presume might be fentanyl if she's in hospice. Um, she's not out causing problems, probably because she's in hospice, um, would be the assumption there. But this opioid thing is definitely not just a hype. Um, so, the fentanyl patches or opioid patches are very dangerous if. Taken by someone who say is opioid naive, so you've never had an opioid in your system before. Very dangerous medication. Very strong. Um, okay.
1: Hmm. And now you, I- like
2: you said, we could get into statistics, but probably not necessary.
1: Sure. I think that was that was totally awesome. Here's the next question that we have for you, LaVonna Ray in Lewistown. I'm a parent of three small children, and I run in my home, a daycare, as a 60 year old woman, my back is wearing out. I've been prescribed an opioid. I am worried about my ability to take care of my kids. Should I cut them in half the pill uh, to avoid addiction?
2: So the long and short of that answer for that question is just cutting a pill in half won't necessarily solve addiction and also before you ever cut a pill in half you should speak with your pharmacist or your prescribing physician or provider because some pills might be extended release cutting those pills in half can actually lead to a faster increase in the drug in your system um, which would not be wanted and or you know necessarily needed and then cutting it in half doesn't necessarily decrease addiction because it's the length of time you're on an opioid, not necessarily the dose. Wow.
1: Gotcha. That's a, that was an awesome answer. That is, great.
0: Um, Kerwin, Kerwin, is that correct? Kerwin from Custer asks, <clears throat> it looks like I'm going to be needing pain medication for longer than I thought. Is there anything I can take besides an opioid that will help?
2: Yes. There is something that um, folks can take instead of an opioid if they're going to be needing pain relief longer than anticipated. You can, um, and I say this with the caveat of before you do this, make sure that you always talk with your pharmacist and or your prescribing provider first to make sure that it's not going to interact with anything else that you're on. But there are over-the-counter medications such as Tylenol. Um, acetaminophen or Motrin, which is ibuprofen. There are also prescription-grade drugs that are non-opioid, so you know, not addictive, that you could also take.
0: Do you have any examples of any of those prescription ones that you can take? Sure, they're non-opioid. Sorry.
2: Yes. So meloxicam would be a great example uh, relative to ibuprofen, and then you have, you know, uh, Celebrex. So yes, there's there's a few.
0: Great. Great. Okay. So, sorry, just want to clarify. It's not always necessary to be on an opioid for an extended
1: period of time
0: if you don't have to be.
2: Always depends on what you're taking the opioid for.
1: Correct. Okay. So our next question um, comes from Brayden, who lives in Broadus. My mom and doctor said, stop taking the oxys or you'll never poop again but I still have pills left. Is it illegal to sell them on Snapchat or should I just flush them down the toilet?
2: So yes, it is very much illegal to sell your leftover opioid medication anywhere, whether it's Snapchat or, uh, Facebook or internet in general, or, you know, on the street. Um, and, second part of that, please don't flush them down the toilet. Mm-hmm. We would rather not have that in the water or the ground water. Um, however, if you are done taking your opioid medication, you can take them to your local pharmacy. Uh, for instance, our pharmacy here in Hardin has a MedSafe box that you can deposit your leftover pills that are still in the bottle, so the whole bottle, into the MedSafe box. And there's, these boxes are all over the state. So you're can always just try calling your local pharmacy or local clinic or local police or fire station to see if they have one.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Okay. That's
0: great. And then they take them and dispose of them safely. Yes.
1: Rather than just throwing them out or flushing them in a toilet or okay. Correct. And Braden, I'm so glad, man, that you're listening to your mom and doctor.
0: Agreed. Yes. Well, we have one more question here. Gosh, does it seem like this Time has just flown with it does with chose this time. Goodness, Warren from Warden asks what? Warren, sorry, did I say Warden from Warden? No, you said Warren. Okay,
1: Warren from Warden. Now you said Warhen, and I think (laughs) that that's an angry poultry, or and Warren,
0: we don't think that you're angry poultry. Um, Warren from Warden asks, whenever I am, this is a great question. Whenever I am anxious or depressed, opioids seem to help calm me down. Is this okay? And were they meant to treat anxiety and depression?
2: So this is a, a little bit of a difficult question to answer. It's not necessarily okay, but it is possible. So these medications can make you feel calmer. However, if you are anxious or depressed, um, I would highly encourage not using opioids in that manner. That's not what they're intended for. They're intended for pain relief, not for this type of pain. If you're experiencing this type of pain, I would really encourage folks to, um, say, call their clinic. They might have um, a behavioral health specialist or someone that they can talk to, and you would just call in and say, hey, I'd really like to... To talk to somebody about some problems I'm having.
0: Wow, that's great. So they're not meant to treat anxiety or depression. Correct. But they could potentially help you through that because of, is there?
2: It's the side effects okay. Okay. of the opioids can make you feel calmer, but it's not necessarily helping you with your anxiety or depression. Um, there are other ways to help manage that, more effective ways and long lasting ways.
1: Perfect. It, 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 how would you describe um, the issue that we're having in our country with opioid?
2: Right. So the opioid epidemic, which is what it's been termed, is most definitely a real, real thing, a real problem. Because, and it all started from when these drugs were first marketed it's hard to have market research to know what would happen. And so they were marketed in such a way that they were presumably safe, maybe safe for long periods of time, you know, who knows, but because they were marketed in such a way without realizing the potential devastating effects that they could have on not only a person taking them, but people in the same household potentially getting a hold of them or just to society in general. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real problem.
1: So I went and took those um, classes to, for for naloxone. I've got oh. it in my bag, little fanny pack thing. I've purposed within the depths of my heart to never wear a fanny pack, <laughs> um, but I keep it in my pocket or in the pocket of my backpack. Um, can you help people understand a little bit about a little bit about how they could prepare themselves for like? first aid or an incident or how they could learn more about being ready in case they're at a place where somebody's overdosed.
2: Right. So one thing that we encourage is households that have folks that maybe are on long-term opioids, which is still, and I hope folks listening to this podcast don't think that we're casting judgment because there are reasons to be potentially on opioids for longer periods Mm -hmm. of time. So for households that say, somebody is on a long-term opioid or the person themselves you can always get naloxone narcan essentially whether it be by prescription from your provider or there are standing orders that are available um, through the state that pharmacies can all essentially prescribe and dispense this narcan so that if there was ever a chance that somebody was starting to experience an overdose that um somebody in the household could be trained to then administer the Narcan to reverse the effects of the opioids until the ambulance arrives. Another thing for folks to um, maybe think about in addition to Narcan is medication-assisted treatment programs that are now available, and there's a lot of support for them, not only through our state, but, you know, in the nation, because Mm -hmm. we realize that this epidemic is a real, it's a real problem. Yeah.
0: And a medication-assisted treatment program, is that one of the ones where they use suboxone, or is it called buprenor- buprenorphine? Buprenorphine? <laughs> is that it? Suboxone, <laughs> yes, with suboxone. Uh, uh,
2: buprenorphine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but with the naloxone. Suboxone
0: is different, right? It's not just buprenorphine. Right. It has something else in it. It has naloxone in it. Okay, and that's meant to?
2: It's meant to essentially decrease the euphoria. Gotcha. Which okay. is where the maybe the addiction or potentially where the addiction started is the euphoria that folks can experience from taking opioids. So this still provides the pain relief without the euphoria.
0: Mm.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: And so these medication assisted treatment programs are available across Montana and across the nation. So let's say if anybody wanted to, let's say call their clinic and ask if, um, if, a medication-assisted treatment program was available there or their health center or their hospital, what would be a good way for them to ask that question so that it doesn't seem like they're going to be stigmatized?
2: Right. So there's a couple ways. I mean, you could go through your primary care provider who's maybe prescribing the opioid if you're taking it as a prescription. If you're not taking it and you're taking it, say, illegally, um, calling into a clinic just saying, you know, keeping it, you can keep it broad and just say, I, I really need to talk to somebody about some medications I'm on, or you can dive in a little deeper and say, I think I have a problem.
1: That's right.
0: Thank you so much, Stephanie, yeah. for
1: another Ask the Pharmacist, Abel. Yeah. And again, listeners, we, a part of Adam and I's joy is to try to make this entertaining. And some of our questions, were based on conversation we've heard but if you have a question um, for our pharmacist please send it to uh, the email we're, we're going to have it here at the end of the show um, and connect with us but again we just want to say thanks and uh, we hope to see you next time
0: another episode of Ask the Pharmacist. What'd you think, Abel? Do you, I mean, do you think Stephanie really helped answer some of those questions today? I, I felt like she really was able to be very articulate in her answers and and really explain some of those questions that we had. So, um, do you have any resources for us, Abel?
1: I, I do, and uh, and I think you are totally right on. I mean, right now there is so much um, data and and verbiage about the opioid crisis. Um, I wanted to have some kind of real life questions that I've been asked, and then you know, bring it about a different way. And she so graciously answered those questions. So I agree with you. We do have some tools for you though. If you go to thenationalcouncil.org or ndci.org, you can learn more about medication assisted treatment. Is that right, Adam? Correct. Yeah, medication-assisted treatment. I always call it... MAT. MAT. Yeah. But you can also learn about um, how to help somebody who is um, at risk or be prepared for somebody who's at risk for an opioid overdose. Now, hydrocodone, morphine, codeine, oxycodone, fentanyl, carfentanil. I mean, there are... there, there Those... Are such amazing drugs for certain needs that we have, but they are so heavily abused that perhaps you've been at a party and um, you've seen somebody who's who's perhaps about ready to overdose, or you have and you don't know what to do. Well, you can get training where uh, you can learn how to use something called naloxone, Narcan, also called Evzio, and uh, they'll teach you how to use this and to be prepared to give help to somebody who is overdosing. Now, there are signs. What so, are the signs? Yeah, those are um, together. If you're seeing somebody who cannot be woken up, somebody who's slow to breathe or or you're not even seeing any breathing, um, they're gurgling, gasping, or snoring, clammy, cool skin, or blue-gray lips or nails, you need to know that those are the signs of an opioid overdose. And if you have naloxone, you can give them immediate rescue for 30 to 45 minutes until the ambulance comes. So uh, I got, I took the training. It was well worth it. And if you go to those uh, places that I just told you, the nationalcouncil.org or ndci.org, you can find out. Where they might be around you or where you can find some help. Adam, uh, how else can people uh, ask questions? Well, you can contact us if you have any questions
0: for Abel or I, or if you have a question that you would like for us to ask Stephanie Joseph the next time she's on for an Ask the Pharmacist, you can reach us at the One in Five Podcast at iCloud.com. That's the number one, I N number five podcast at iCloud.com. Thanks for tuning in and have a great rest of your day.
1: And we want our listeners to hit something.
0: Oh gosh, the subscribe button. Sorry. I always forget that. Man. It's okay. Man. Hit subscribe, hit share, text it to your friends, share it on Facebook. Yeah. We, we would really appreciate that. We're grateful for all of the support that we currently have. We're also grateful for bighorn valley health center um, who supports us greatly by allowing us to have this studio and record here
1: so as well as the rhop grant we've got so many great things coming up in the next year we're excited to have you come with us have a great day